a twist, and a question. The play opens on that classic scenario of two young lovers whispering their sweet nothings across a wall. We had Pyramus and Thisbe, and Romeo and Juliet, and now we can add to the repertoire Personae and Sylvette. But it pretty quickly becomes clear that we are not in the same genre, from the very fact of their pretensions to comparison with these classic tales. There is something tongue-in-cheek about the presentation of these two young lovers, who appear from the start comically over-the-top in all their proclamations. They seem swept up in role-playing the parts of star-crossed lovers, exaggerating the intensity of their love and hyperbolizing the tragedy of their lot. They are not just reading Romeo and Juliet. In their minds, they are those doomed lovers of legend. These love-struck teens fancy themselves the living embodiments of the most timeless tale of tragic love in the history of literature. Personae feels fit to fill the role of its hero. Quote, So till tomorrow I will close its cover and make of Romeo a living lover. Unquote. In Sylvette's adoring eyes, he is even superior to Shakespeare himself. Quote, Sir Personae, the poem and the scene are lovely, but less beautiful indeed than is your voice, half singing while you read. Unquote. To them, their little park is a scene of epic romance. Quote, Adorable this place, and made to fill the part of setting for the immortal will. Unquote. Their story, they believe, is on the same tragic scale. Quote, Thy father seemed like that of Juliet, mine was like Romeo's, a fate as sad, parents as cruel, and a love as mad. Unquote. And they are convinced that their tale, like that of Romeo and Juliet, will leave its mark on time. Quote, They'll talk of us when future ages gather, each tender lover and each cruel father. Unquote. As she projects the legacy they will leave for the ages, Sylvette writes them into many other classic romantic plots The Duke's Commandment, The Deathbed Wish, and The Love Struck Abduction. Personay's father, Bergamon, mocks him for his inflated sense of self importance and melodramatic romanticism. He derides Personay for all his silly mooning and poetizing, and blames the influence of the plays he has caught reading in the park. Quote, the boy's an ass. I know right well what brought you to this pass. You come to read in secret. Plays. In verse. Poetry. That's why you get worse and worse. Unquote. But the classic scenario of young lovers separated by feuding families is completely and hilariously turned on its head when we learn that this was all a setup. These fathers, it turns out, cooked up this feud to fire their kids' fancy. And we have evidence that their scheming worked. Even before we learn of the parents' plot, Personae confesses in passing to Sylvette, but if a man begin by being warned, it makes him seek that wife. So, we're left with a question. Are Personae and Sylvette truly in love, or not? And there is a hint of a still broader question in this exchange between them. Personae. And we live long and happy ever after. Sylvette. That's not impossible, or food for laughter. Whatever sparked it is what unites them still real. Does their love possess any element of earnestness, despite their pretensions? Is this sort of grand romanticism real, or a matter for comedy? 
as taken as I was by the first twist, I think it only gets better from there. So let's wait and see what happens.